Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what time it is? It is Monday after a week hiatus. We are back, and we are ready to entertain. With me is Matthias, the modern nightmare. How are you? Well, after a uh, work week and then a nice little hiatus for the 4th of July and then another work week and a nice week, couple of weekends, I'm ready to have another great show on uh, 89.1 Ken's FM. You know, I found out very something very interesting when you – are on the air listening to yourself. You don't know, you don't really think about how many people are listening to you. No. But when you actually have the radio on and people are listening and you're not in studio and people are saying, hey, that guy sounds like you, how are you here and there? <laughs> it's just kind of an interesting conversation. I had that last 4th of July. <laughs> you know, we're coming up on our year anniversary here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We're basically, I guess, a darn near a year uh, in one month's time, from the 8th, it'll be a year since we started on 89.1 Ken's FM, working for the greatest radio engineer and greatest radio owner that ever hit the airways, Ken Bartz. And, uh, oh, wait, he's in the studio with us. I didn't know he was there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Modern Nightmare, what's, uh, what's new with you? What, uh, what's your book? Do you want some more butter for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Well, um, not really much has been going on. I've just uh <laughs> I've just been uh booking myself out through wrestling and uh a couple weeks are uh just last Thursday I wrestled for Time Bomb Pro on the seventh and uh, I went against uh Bullet Bronson, a Fargo native here. Um we wrestled a really good match, the crowd loved it, so they want us back on as soon as possible. And then uh my future uh bookings here, I've got July twenty second for Cherokee, Iowa for Impact. Then I've got August 5th in Chisholm, Minnesota for WGW. I make my WGW. I make my debut there. Then I got APW on the 27th of August and September 2nd and 3rd. 9th and 10th, I go to PWA here in Minot, North Dakota. September 17th, I got Below Zero. Uh, September 24th, I got APW again. November 12th is GLCW. November 25th, I go to Mandan for the EWI. And then I uh, got uh, some bookings next year, but we don't need to go that far in advance. But uh, And then Granny Hulkster, our other co-host, who unfortunately could not be here tonight, uh, she gave me uh, some booking information for her uh, Arkansas promotion down there, uh, Ozark Mountain Wrestling. So I'm hoping to uh, come down there and uh, poke some fun at Granny at one of the future shows coming up. Well, you know what I find interesting, and I am going to take full credit for this, that uh, since you've been on this show, your bookings have greatly increased, and I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that I'm a part of that, which is why uh, we use the name Modern Nightmare, because it's a moniker that I can own. The only moniker I don't own, I own Big Swing, and I own the Modern Nightmare. The only thing I don't, and I own Icon, I just don't own... Um, I don't own Granny Hulkster because that was her name before she joined us. So we are going to have a big show tonight. Let's kind of go over this. We have uh, Ashley Page with us tonight, 
And we're going to have a few other great guests. We have Nick Charles and we have Victor Bonacore, uh, not to be confused with Hardcore. And uh, we're, we're just going to have a great time, and I can't wait to have uh, everybody uh, with us on tonight's show. I, I lost my train of thought there because I was, like, trying to think of who is here with us right now. Let me just take a look here. Okay, none of our guests are here yet, so let me uh, figure out who who is on here with us. Uh, we have a couple callers, and uh, I am going to be screening these calls because we hope it's not uh, who we think it is. So let's take a look here first. Hello? Caller 585, you're on the air with Attitude Air Live. How can we assist you? What, uh, what's your question, comment, or concern? Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, first time caller. I just stumbled across your show. Big wrestling fan. Um, just yes, calling sir. to see what's what's your what's your topic tonight. What's going on? I uh, like I said, I just tuned in. What well, are we talking tonight about? we're going to have. Well, tonight we're going to have a bikini designer, uh, Ashley Page. Uh, we're going to have uh, the uh, film and movie director, Nick Charles, and we're also going to have wrestling promoter Victor Bonacore who is not only a wrestling promoter who owns his own little company, he's also a film director as well, so we're going to try and get a job with him as we speak. Oh, you're, ha- you're having Victor on tonight? Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, funny story about that. I actually met Victor about two years ago. Uh, we were down in uh, Alabama, and I was, at a, I was at a live event. And, you know, Victor, he doesn't let fame go to his head at all he he's a man of the people really and i'll never forget him you know we're in the bar we're having a few drinks just letting the stories fly you know we went in the bathroom he jerked me off we had such a great time it was amazing big big huge fucking cock too let me tell you huge well you gotta uh well you you got you got to keep the uh pg language because uh we are we are on the air here so pg language please uh but uh, we do but uh, we do appreciate you calling. We have a few other callers, and, but I'll tell you what, if you want to call back when he comes on, you can. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, 814, how can we assist you? This is Attitude Air Live. You're on live with us. Go ahead. PG language, please. Hey, can you guys hear me tonight? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, much like that last caller, except the fact he's a total nut job. Uh, my name's Thomas. I also stumbled upon the Attitude Era Wrestling. I'm a huge fan of modern-day wrestling. I'm not those Jim Cornette types that constantly, constantly complain and whine about the modern-day wrestling era. But I, I got a story for you. Back in the early 80s, um, I, I remember a time where Chris Benoit and I were just jerking each other off in a trailer park bath. Well... Uh, we appreciate the call, and uh, I don't uh, I don't get this. We've had uh, this is the first time we have this many callers, but uh, they like to uh, use bad language apparently. So uh, I I don't know, uh, Matthias. I don't know if we should uh, check on these next two callers or not. Probably not. No, I I probably wouldn't. All right. So, uh, but anyway, we do appreciate the support. So thank you so much. And uh, we're just waiting for our first guest to uh, call in, and that's, uh, of course, Ashley Page. 
Now, uh, Matthias, what, uh, what, do you know about uh, anything about Ashley Page, our current guest, our first guest? Um, I really haven't had time over these past few weeks. Uh, I've been incredibly busy, so unfortunately I've not had much time to look up information about our current guests. Um, I, I look them up. Normally if I haven't had time to look up a specific guest or I don't really know what they've done throughout their career, I kind of search them up on my phone while we're talking to them just so I've got creative questions or whatever to ask them. So right now I don't have a clue about her. I, I don't really know much about her. So if you want to give some information or whatnot, um, I'm, I'm going to look her up while we talk to her. So Well, back in uh, 2010, she had a TV show on, um, I believe it was A&E, called Bikini or Bust. Okay. And uh, she uh, was she's a world-famous bikini designer, and they did a show about her. Unfortunately, it only lasted one season. And she's working on, she's working on relaunching that, but uh, in YouTube capacity. Basically. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk to her about that. And she's been a friend of mine for I don't know how long, ever since. Uh, well, actually, okay. So the original season started in 2008, and it was called Bikini or Bust, and it basically took her through the trials and tribulations of being a world-famous bikini designer, uh, her ups and downs, and uh, uh, basically managements of money and all the other good stuff. But she's uh, she's such a good-hearted individual, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait to uh, have her on with us. Uh, and it'll be fun to talk to her. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so if you um, – here's the thing. We don't have an issue with callers, but you need to understand that this is – this is radio. This is FM radio, and you need to keep it clean, and uh, you need to uh, use a little discretion with how you're talking. Nah, the people that randomly call in, they're just a bunch of pranksters. I never trust a caller that's not a guest unless we know the person. I would never trust another number. Well, you know, and the thing is, um, uh, the, but the thing is, you know, it's like we can't, we don't have a call screener. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. That's the only unfortunate part. If we did, it'd be a heck of a lot easier. But yeah, and of course, sometimes though, um, when you when you have a call screener, they may say that they're going to be talking about one thing, but and they, they go to another. They 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 do a three sixty and talk about something else. Exactly. And just to give a disclaimer, we do apologize if uh, if what they were, if any of the comments that these said callers had talked about we do apologize if you're offended by that but it's not something that we condone it's not something that we set up and it's not something that uh we want to happen again you can call in and ask yes questions you can call in and ask us questions but you need to use discretion and you need to be discreet so i was going to say here i forgot to mention this i was at when i was at time bomb in grand forks uh this past week uh, this woman decided to uh, sass off at me, and I think she was, I'm not sure how, I think she was like maybe 15 years old, probably that's how she looked. You're picking on kids now? Well, of course. Like, she was, she was, she was <laughs> using, she was using non-PG language with me. I was, I was walking out to the ring, I was just doing my thing, and she said a very bad word at me, and I turned around at her, and I stared her down, and she's like, what are you going to do about it? And I grabbed her glasses, and I broke them right in front of the crowd, just broke them, shattered them, and threw them across the room. And uh, then my opponent decided to uh, kiss up to her and gave her his shirt and signed it. So uh, apparently I'm just such a bad guy that when I, when I do something, when I retaliate, when people say horrible things to me, I don't get any cheers. I don't get any 
good job for sticking up for yourself, but then all of a sudden my opponent comes out and does something nice for somebody, and then they get all the credit. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, you're, you're, you're a great guy. Uh, you know, I think you and I both uh, suffer from, uh, uh, I guess, what you would call uh, split personalities. But uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, our first guest is Wayne Wings. We're going to take a quick little commercial break. After we hear from our sponsor, we'll go to our guest. So uh, give us about 30 seconds. And uh, if you're looking for a great hotel to stay at, uh, Wood Spring Suites, of course, is the place to stay. Uh, I can vouch for them being a great, comfortable hotel, and I can also vouch for how great the service is. The front desk staff is awesome every time I stay there. And we also want to thank Scott Helmrath for doing that commercial for our sponsor. So uh, without further ado, uh, we are ready, and we're going to introduce our first guest as she Steps out of the green room and walks down the aisle. About to step in the ring right now, the world's greatest <laughs> bikini designer in history, the, and also the most beautiful that you've ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the queen of bikini or bust. She is Ashley Page. Hi, this is Ashley Page, and you're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kent FM with your host, Icon, the big swing, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare Matthias. Yeah, bring it on, babe. Well, I'll tell you what, Ashley. We appreciate you joining us tonight, and it's been it's so wonderful to have you on with us. And uh, a lot of people don't know you are now joining uh, an elite group of the Five Timers Club. This is actually the fifth time that you've been on with us. And we uh, we appreciate uh, everything that you do, and we're going to have some fun talking to you. But what we want to do here first, so if you could give us a quick little background about yourself uh, to kind of catch everybody up and refresh everybody's memory on uh, who you are, and then we can, uh, we'll have fun talking to you. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a lot. I'm Well, I'm a swimwear designer, animal rescuer, um, fashion designer, and... Uh, I follow the sun. I'm a beach baby, I guess you could say. That might be the best way to explain who I am. Um, just a total beach beach girl. And I just, uh, and swimwear designer, so I just want to always be doing stuff that involves the beach and the ocean. And then also animals and animal rescue. You know, and uh, speaking of that, uh, you know, you are, you are a great friend of mine. And uh, I don't want people to think that, Oh, the icon always does let his friends on here, but uh, you're also a celebrity, and I uh, we're going to have fun talking. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll, uh, we'll go to the modern nightmare, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, first thing that we want to talk about is your the TV show that you had in 2008 called Bikini or Bus. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how that uh, came about, how they found you, and how you became probably the most interesting um, how you want to say reality TV star that ever hit the airways next to uh, the Joe Schmo show? <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so you're going to ask me some questions, or you want me to tell you about Bikini or Bust? Well, uh, well, well, you tell us about Bikini or Bust, and then we're going to ask you questions about it, and then. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Um, you know what? I think I need a cup of coffee. It's late for me. Um, well, Bikini or Bust. Basically, I was in Hollywood in that crazy town. I don't know if you've been around there. 
um, much, but it's pretty wild. And I started designing bikinis, and next thing you know, I was working with celebrities and doing uh, different wardrobes for some of the bigger concerts with Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears at the time. And I think I did, well, I did do Christina Aguilera and Jennifer Lopez and just the biggest names. And um, I guess I did everyone except Madonna. It's the easiest way to say it. I designed for everyone except Madonna, which I'm kind of glad now I didn't because I heard she's a real you-know-what. Um, but anyway, and then I just, I because I did such specialty one-off stuff, it was couture. Everything was handmade. It's done on a knitting loom, and it was just different. And then I would have my dogs and the animal rescue, and I opened my little store, and it, it was just, it's so difficult in the industry and fashion to get into the fashion industry as a designer out of school. And I did. I went to school, put myself through school uh, in fashion design, and only one in 14 million students really ever make a name for themselves. So even to go as far as I did internationally as a uh, designer um, was a big deal. I didn't really know it at the time, but now I kind of like, yeah, that was pretty cool, you know. So I'm back in it again and just really loving it. But Bikini or Bust was about you know, this designer that's struggling and she's either going to make it or break it. And and it was just dollar to dollar and dream to dream and bikini to bikini, dog to dog. And it was just, it was about the fight, I guess, the, the fighting spirit. And it was a good family show. I really love it. And I'm excited to start filming again. You know, you know what I, I love? That uh, explains well- it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know what I love most about uh, your show? Of course, you know, you know, Ashley, you know my love for you uh, is it grows deeper than you know, and uh, our friendship uh, means the world to me. But I always love the fact that your mom was always on the show, and I just I love your mom. Oh, I, yeah. I always thought that. I always thought that. <laughs> I always thought I'm like, when are they going to spin her? They should spin her off into her own show. I always thought would be uh, uh, interesting, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, they were yeah. talking about doing that. Yeah, she needs her own show. In fact, she she needs something to do because she's calling me all night, all morning, telling me every little thing. I mean, it's it's like I know more about what's going on in her life than I do in my own right now. She's really <laughs> she's very funny, and she's a horrible cook, by the way. The whole the whole show she's cooking, but she's a terrible cook. Like oh my gosh, oh a notoriously horrible cook. So basically, uh, Ashley, what you're saying is. Uh, during the day when you get a phone call, it's either going to be my mom or it's going to be Icon again, basically, right? Exactly. And it's, yeah, it, it should. I had to tell her, don't call me tonight. I'm busy. <laughs> so, but she's, but she's a lot of fun. And she's rescuing horses right now, and, and she's got people to bake for. So on the TV show, she was always cooking and baking for me or the models or whoever. And so she's still cooking and making her you know, cinnamon bread and, and biscuits and gravy and taking donuts to her, her guests. She's got a little horse ranch and with rescued horses, and she runs little Airbnbs and stuff. And so um, all her guests get fresh baked goods daily. <laughs> and and, I don't uh, think they're we, good. I think the guests are just really sweet and say this is delicious, but I don't know. Well, you know, um, I, I don't know if you remember a TV show, uh, Ashley and Matthias, back in the day. It was uh, called uh, Green Acres, and uh, 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 Oliva's oh, yeah. wife, 
yeah, she always used to make the hot cakes, and he uh, would always eat the candle instead of the hot cakes because he said the the candle was better than the hot cakes themselves. Uh, we have uh, Ashley Page as our guest here. We got uh, 26 minutes with Ashley. I wish it were 26 years, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to come back to me in a second, but. Uh, uh, Matthias, I know that uh, you um, are looking to get a new bikini for uh, one of your uh, your female managers. So uh, go ahead, uh, see what you can do about uh, getting that hooked up from Ashley. What do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, first off, I wanted to say thank you, Icon, for calling me out on that. I was actually going to ask for my own personal bikini or a new pair of gear, possibly. I just had to ask the prices, but you just already called me out on that, so spoiler alert. Um, but first off, I wanted to welcome you onto the show here. I am the man from every woman's dream. I am the current APW world champion and EWI diamond champion, Matthias. And, uh, I just wanted to say thank uh, welcome onto the show. And, uh, I had a quick question. What was, uh, what is one of the most difficult pieces you've ever had to design? And, uh, was it for like, and was it for somebody like famous or was it like one of your friends or what made it so difficult? Um, I decided to do the negative bikini. So it was all the external parts, I guess you could call it. There was no covering of anything. It was like a nude bikini, but it was a bikini if that makes sense. So we had to we had to take a naked model and then crochet, take the little, you know, measure around the breast, everything, and then crochet just the outline of the body part. <laughs> and I called it the negative bikini. And actually, we did put it on the runway, but we put something on the bottom. We put it over our bottom. But it was a really cool editorial piece. I'm not sure a celebrity ever wore it because it was a negative bikini. And if they did, I don't think, you know, we didn't. We never saw it. Um, and someone did buy it eventually. I think it was they bought it for like $650. So that was the coolest bikini, I think, as far oh, as, wow. you know, trippy, trippiness. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Ashley Page, our guest here, cool. we're on 89.1. We're on 89.1, Kent Evan. got 24 minutes with that. So now uh, let's kind of go back a little bit uh, about this, and we're also going to talk about uh, your uh, your dog rescue and uh, how people can help you with that. But when you, uh, when you make a, a bikini uh, for a celebrity or just uh, just one to sell, like, uh, at – I don't know, uh, Fredericks of Hollywood or Victoria's Secret or uh, uh, I, I don't know. Target. I obviously don't know any of the tar- well, Target. Target, I guess. Uh, Walmart. Walmart. I was going to say Walmart. Uh, you can't sell a Kmart anymore, but if they would have picked up your line, they'd probably still be in business to this day. But when, you, when you're walking into a store, when you're walking into a store and you see, like, uh, a bikini that you made or designed on the shelf, what is your first initial reaction when you see that? Oh, I'm always excited. I think it's cool. And even with my new um, line that I'm doing right now, it's called Gulf Side by Ashley Page. It's a street beach brand. And I just went into a dive bar the other day and sitting at the bar is this guy with a big old beard, you know, and he's sitting there, he turns around, and he's got a Gulf Side hat on. And I'm like, cool. And it's a nice hat. He's like, thank you. You know, I'm not the type to be like, that's my hat. I designed it. I know. Like, it's a freaking hat, right? But um, when it comes to bikinis, you know, seeing them on the shelves in stores is really fun. I had those moments, I guess, in your career, your life as an artist where you go, okay, I reached that 
that that moment of like, oh God, I did it for this little dream, and now what's the next dream? And that's just kind of how I'm going these days is what's the next dream. But um, yeah, it's always cool to see your stuff and people enjoying it and you bring something into the world that somebody likes. It's cool. So now, if uh, if uh, so, if like someone like me wanted uh, to call you up and say, hey, can you design me a, a bikini? Uh, what uh, what would the process be? Do you say, uh, well, I need you to put a hundred dollars down uh, for the design, um, and then we'll talk, or will you design it and say, uh, yeah, I can do that, but if you want it, this, this, and that's going to cost you four hundred dollars. Uh, how would that work if a celebrity called you up and said, design me a bikini? Oh, I wouldn't charge them to talk to me. I would just say, okay, well, let's talk about what kind of bikini you want. If you're a man, are you wanting a Speedo? Are you really wanting a bikini? Like, I mean, there's some outlandish bikinis out there, especially these days. I can't believe it. But um, female, if it's a female, but we were talking about you. So if you're calling in and you want a bikini, I'm going to say, Scott, what kind of bikini do you want? And you're going to be like, uh, I want it to be like a 50s era, um, something that James Bond would have you know, worn. And I would say, okay. All right, well, so now that you mentioned it, you have to make yeah, and I'll That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, now you now you yeah, have to make that. Good. That actually sounds kinda interesting. Yeah, I'll have you make it and then uh we'll do a we'll do a Facebook live of the show and I'll wear it in the studio. Oh god, we don't want to scare everybody away. Can you imagine the ratings? <laughs> oh I don't want no. Nope. Nope, none of that. Well we'll, yeah, we'll continue with that. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go so uh I do it white. Well, I do white with blue, you know, with a blue belt. Um, you know, to show everything. So then I'd say, how much do you weigh? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> um, and then I would say, all right, well, and then I, you know, I like to point out the things that a person feels like their best attributes are when I'm designing and then obviously hide the things that they don't like. So I really, it gets, it's an intimate process really being a couture bikini designer because it's not just stuff that's just cut and sew, coming off the fast track at the factory. It's actually well thought out. You know, couture is means handmade. It's literally all handmade, no machine, um, you know, cut and sew and all that BS. Um, so it's couture, and that's why it's so pricey. So I would have to ask intimate questions for a man bikini. Uh, same thing for a woman. Now, is there uh, is there any um, is there anybody that uh, you know you mentioned Madonna, but is there anybody that um, is there is there anybody that you really want to design a bikini for that uh, you haven't had a chance to do that yet? Um, Kid Rock just Besides came to mind for some really weird reason. <laughs> I think it's because we're talking about men's swimsuits, and I just think he's the coolest dude ever. Um, that's kind of weird. Um, so in the man version, it'd be Kid Rock. And in the female version, I think I'd like to design a bikini for Blake Lively. She's hot. She's cool. Would you Would you ever want to do a bikini for uh, Paris Hilton? I think that'd be cool. I've already done that. Oh, you've <laughs> already done Okay. All right. Now let me ask you this, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this, but is there anybody that uh, called up that you did a uh, bikini for that was just uh, – just not fun to work Awful. with. Yeah. Um, I yeah. You know what I do with not fun to work with? I just say sorry. I'm not. Yeah. You don't have enough money to. Yeah. No, thank you. 
And um, yeah, I just I don't I don't want to I don't do drama. I can't stand negativity. Um, I'm trying to I really I've had great customers. I really can't think of a celebrity that was a jerk. And I certainly, like I said, there's no way I would design for somebody if they treated me poorly. It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I've never done Yeah. I won't do it. I guess uh, I was going to ask, now that I thought about it, what made you want to design bikinis? Like, did you try to design something else, like lingerie or anything like that, and then it just, bikinis just became your thing? What made you stumble on becoming a bikini uh, designer? Well, I'm from Florida. I grew up you know, on the beaches, and when I went to fashion school, I just kept drawing bikinis. At first, I thought it was, like, easier to draw than gowns and everything, and (laughs) I was a dancer at Crazy Girls in Los Angeles, and that's how I, you know, put myself through school, so I started designing bikinis to wear at Crazy Girls, and then, (laughs) and then, and this isn't on Bikini or Bus. You're getting the backstory now, which was going to be season two and it will be season two because it's in my my new book that I'm writing. But um, anyway, yeah, so I started designing bikinis, started wearing them and selling them to the girls at the club, and that's how I got into the bikini business. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> it goes silent. Double, yeah. double. <laughs> So now with uh now you uh don't you don't still have that shop that you had in Bikini Your Bus anymore, correct? You you have a different location? I opened up a new location on Hollywood. I stayed there for a while and that was really fun. That was a wild time. And then I actually took a break to get back to the beach. It's been years. And now that I've come back to the beach I and launching the the new bikini line, which is Gulfside Street Beach, Gulfside by Ashley Page, and um, yeah, no no shop right now. And actually, I never want to shop again. I don't. That was the biggest headache. That actually was probably one of the worst things. For the TV show, it's awesome, it's fine. It's a place to film. It's a place to be crazy. We were we had a lot of fun there. But no, I I really. You know what I want to do? I want to build a boat and do my shop, have a, my store on a boat, on a pontoon boat. You know that song, on a pontoon. I want to have, like, a shop that floats around to the biggest parties, you know, at spring break, Blue Angels, Labor Day, Memorial Day, and just have supermodels all hanging off the pontoon and music playing and then selling hats and slinging, you know, shooting off T-shirts out to the crowd because you know how wild they are out there. Now, would you let uh, would you let uh, the icon and Matthias come and uh, join you at one of these parties? Uh, I know that uh, Matthias can be the bodyguard, and I can be the one shooting the shirts. Yeah, that would be cool. You guys can wear. Who wants to wear the white bikini with the blue belt, and then someone needs to wear the speedo in red and green. <laughs> I'll definitely. I think I'll be the one wearing the speedo. I think. I think I can, can rock. Yeah, I, 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 I can pull off anything with a belt. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ashley Page, our guest here. We got uh, 15 minutes here with Ashley, and uh, now let's uh, kind of talk about some of the other stuff that uh, you do, and then we'll we'll go back and I'll ask you the tougher questions about bikini or bust because there's a few episodes that uh, I want to talk about, but. Now you do a lot of stuff for uh for dog rescue. Kind of tell us a little bit about uh how people can help you with that cause and uh, what you do for dog rescue. Well, oh my gosh, it's such a big I just rescued a dog out of traffic the other day. Um and a pitbull puppy 
And uh, so, you know, I've always been grassroots. And then when we started the show, I started a 501C called Rushhausen, R-U-S-S-H-O-U-Z-E-N, so like Rushhausen. Um, but um, it's just, then I started rescuing horses. You know, I'm just, rescuers are just soft-hearted people. I don't know, I'll rescue a turtle out of the street. I guess to help me is would be, I think, rescue, don't buy, um, you know, once we start doing the show again and and get the rescue stuff going again, then, you know, send people my way if they want to make a donation or something. But really just to spread the word and advertising. Maybe you could on your show just do like Bob Barker used to do and say, rescue, don't, what what did he used to say? I love Make him. sure you spayed and neuter your animals. Right, yeah. Yes. C- help Maybe control the pet that. Yeah, help control the pet population in the area. Have have your pets spayed and neutered. I'm Bob Barker. Bye bye. I, That's I mean, used to go. it was so cool that he did so heartfelt. Remember that skinny microphone? <laughs> Those oh were the yeah, days. yeah. What a what a classic uh, game show host uh, prop. That was always memorable. Maybe um, you I guess should really I gotta... consider that. I like that idea that I just came up for with for you. Like You're it. just full of great ideas tonight. The the bikini, the fifties bikini. Now talking <laughs> about doing the doing a little cut thing for our show. Wow. Um, I got to ask now because I'm also um, big in like animal rescues, and I'm just a big animal lover. What was one of the? Um, was there like ever an odd animal, like just a, an animal that you normally never really see get rescued that you were a part of? Or, like, was there anything just odd that, like, did you ever have to rescue, like, a kangaroo somewhere in, like, Iowa or something like that, and you just never would see thank that? Thank God. Oh, thank God I haven't had to do that yet. Um, gosh. Uh, well, the, the first thing that's coming to my mind right now is I had to rescue a bird out of this Mexican woman's pants. And it was just a bird, but it was still a very odd rescue. So does that qualify as an odd rescue? Yeah, that that definitely does qualify. <laughs> that that was that's just that that's way out of left field. Like now, now I kind of there, there's so many questions I could ask. Like, was it a big bird? Was it a little bird? Like, was there a backstory that ended oh, up getting told to you before you well, ended up pulling well, the rescue? Well, no, it wasn't Big Bird because it didn't happen on Sesame Street. Well, so let's make let's make that clear. Yeah, exactly. Like, was it like? <laughs> How did, did did they give you like you know when you go when you're like a paramedic and you go onto a scene you got to ask questions yeah did you proceed was, to ask any yeah. questions was there like a backstory yes. or you're just like well I gotta yeah. I gotta do this I guess the paramedic scenario that that's kind of like what it was it was stuck in her pants she was at the farmers market she didn't speak any English she was very distraught kind of I think obviously you know not playing with a full deck um, bless her heart. But she rescued a bird out of the street, and she didn't have anywhere to put it, so she put it down the front of her pants, and it crawled down in between her legs. So she was walking really weird, and she walked into my shop during my pet adoption and said, you know, can you help me, but in Spanish, and I'm trying to understand. I had to, like, get it out of her pants. It was a little sparrow, but, um, you know, yeah, it was like a rescue. At least she was doing the right thing. Oh, yeah. That, that's actually yeah, kind of sweet. Yeah, it's it's not like you know, oh, just woman like, just. Please tell me there's no more. And I was like, please tell me there's no more down there. You know, I'm like, no moss, no moss, right? No moss. No, no, no more. There's not a nest. You didn't rescue a nest. Okay, we're good. <laughs> I, I think there's a joke yeah. there somewhere, but I'm going to pass on. Yeah, that. I think that'd be a good. I, that that just 
I never heard oh, like that's I, you should do that at the bar sometime. If you ever go to the bar, you should be like if they like give you if, like the person talking to you gives you a random story, you'd be like, "Hey, can I tell you about the time I rescued a bird out of a chick's pants?" And he'd be like, "Oh, all right." I'd be interested yeah, yeah, personally. You know what? The bird actually was in the nest. I... <laughs> there was a there was a nest. Okay. Well, all right. You know the vagina. Yeah. I don't, can I say uh, that the, on the, air? Yeah. Well, be careful with that. All right. This is PG language. I I, I know you You're said the technical to this term. You're bikini designer from Hollywood. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Ashley Page is our guest here. We have uh, we have ten minutes left here with Ashley. So. Uh, let's let's kind of go back to now. Let's talk about the book that you're writing. And uh, one thing that I would like to talk to you about the book is, what, uh, as you're writing it, I would love to, uh, you know, you have usually have people, you know, write uh, little things, uh, like little snippets for the book about the book. I would love to write a little snippet for the back of the book, uh, talking about uh, our friendship, and I guarantee it will become a number one bestseller here in Fargo, North Dakota, because my name will be on the back of the book. Is that the same thing you're trying to talk about, like when you talk about being in a movie and getting killed off in the first 30 seconds? Right, exactly. Exactly, okay. But this would lead to sales, not the... (laughs) Speaking of sales, you know... uh, you know, uh, Ashley talks about rescuing. Uh, she can she can also add rescuing ratings to our show being on tonight, which is which is great. Yeah, that's very helpful. That's that's definitely been helpful. <laughs> wow, so so now tell, tell tell us the name of the right. tell us the name of the book and uh, uh, how much more writing you have on it, and when do you plan on having it released? Well, this will be my second book, and um, I'm published with Random House. And the name of the book is On the Run with Ashley Page. Um, I, I'm, I guess I've written it five times. You know, writers rewrite. That's what we do. We keep rewriting. And that's sometimes, well, it is a problem. Because at some point you just have to, for all artists, you have to say, I'm going to put it out there. And artists always think they're going to perfect things. So I'm done with the book. It's just a matter of when I now go get my literary agent and say, okay, I'm ready. The book is a tell-all. So I have to be careful also because a lot of the people in the book are still alive. <laughs> so I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> so I'm kind of holding on to it. You know, I don't mean like hurt. You know what I mean? The truth hurts sometimes. And it will. Be, and it's a lot about me. It's the truth about myself also. So it's a big step. It's a big jump. But it's called On the Run with Ashley Page, and I do not know when I'm going to be ready for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Ashley Page, our guest here on 89.1 Kins FM, and we got, uh, unfortunately, we only got seven minutes left, and uh, we're definitely going to have you back on the show again when uh, your book comes out. But so we can do this real quick. If our fans want to check you out and see you and follow you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Instagram, Ashley Page Bikinis, and also Gulfside Local. And then Ashley Page Swimwear, Facebook. I'm old school. I don't have all that new TikTok, whatever that stuff is. So I'm just Instagram and um, Facebook. That's it, really. I'm hard to get. Okay. Picture this. Picture, and, I, and I do have your phone number, and I appreciate you answering my call still. Yeah, I know you probably won't after tonight. But uh, picture this, <laughs> Matthias. A- A- Ashley's uh, Ashley's out. Uh they're they're interviewing Ashley on the on on a big ship or on a boat, right? And then here comes the models on the runway, right? And then here you come, uh, being introduced uh, in the in the newest uh, 
the Ashley Page Matthias bikini line. And then uh, she can say, and now here comes Mr. Ego himself. Here comes the icon. He's going to show. Uh, he's going to fire some shirts out to all of you. And uh, you know, uh, here's his phone number. Call him because no one ever calls him. Something like that. I I'd say I I mean okay if I come out that's fine. I mean as long as she's coming out with me, like especially for a wrestling match, I could see her coming out and being my my manager for the night. But if I come out to the runway <laughs> and all of a sudden you run out with a big T-shirt gun, and they're, like, less than 10 feet away from us, I don't know if people would run scared or they would just be running that the fact they might get hit with a shirt because those, those T-shirt guns are pretty powerful. They can shoot pretty far. Yes, they well, can. Maybe you could Take shoot together a wrestler. Well, that wouldn't be very nice because I'm the only wrestler that's possible. I mean, if, if there's other wrestlers, go right ahead because then if they're my future opponents, you know, I've got a little bit of an advantage. But if it's just me, yeah. don't hit me because we work together and – I don't. I don't know if you want me holding the grudge against you for hitting me with a T-shirt. Well, you know, I yeah, I, I no, can okay. I can never do that. Um, <laughs> although uh, I think I think it would be interesting. Uh, then I'd be down uh, two co-hosts instead of just one. <laughs> I don't think uh, I'd make Page, a good manager. <laughs> I mean, well, all you got to do is walk out there and just be just be cocky. That's all you got to do. Just come out there and. Just oh, I be, got that, yeah, be all about be up, be all about me. Tell the fans they can do horrible things to themselves and whatnot, and then I'll win my match, and you'll walk out with me, and that's all we got to do. I would love that. Would be so fun. Oh my god! Don't stick a bird in your pants. That in do life. that. Just come out. Just tell them they can stick a bird in their pants or something like that, and we'll be all we'll be all said and done. Oh god! Then we'll have an Aussie <laughs> like a repeat Aussie thing with a bat. Oh lord. <laughs> So, uh, so Ashley, with all that, with all that being said, uh, you you are going to try and uh, do a YouTube channel and relaunch a bikini or bust and do it YouTube style, right? Yes, I am. I want to do that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's in the process, so that's why I'm thinking of the boat and uh, building the boat, and that's going to be crazy because I've never built a boat, and then designing the collection and finding the models and going to all the locations, I think it could actually sell as a new show, really, if it was pitched right. And that's how I did Bikini or Bust to start off with. I just started, I made my own little documentary and put it in the film festival, and then we won the New York Film Festival, and then I took it to the agents in Los Angeles at the studios, all the different networks, and sold it to TLC. So, and, but I heard YouTube nowadays, I mean, you just, People are just left and right doing so great, but I'm, you know, I, I need a team for that. So cause I don't like social media. I don't know. I love this is fun, but yeah. Anyway, blah blah blah, rambling. Um, yeah, I want to do a YouTube. It'll be Bikini or Buzz Part Two. Um, it might be you know Bikini or Buzz on the run with Ashley Page. I'm not sure yet. So I just like to kind of put it all together in one package. No pun intended. <laughs> you know, there, uh, and uh, for those fans that are listening, you know, we do have a assignment for you. If you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. You go to 89.1 Kent FM page, like that. Uh, we'll get you automatic and do a $10 a month to power the tower. We'll automatically qualify you to a win a um, uh, win a uh, autograph uh, from a past guest, future guest, or current guest. And actually, would you be willing to... Uh, to uh, to send us a few autographs for giveaways, maybe even a uh, bikini that we could give away to one of our female listeners? You know what? I just found a bikini. I was going through some of the bikinis for this. I, the Blue Angels just flew, flew here. <clears throat> and so a friend, I was like, a friend what of mine is a captain wear? there. 
Yes, I know. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I love my Blue Angels. And I found a bikini, and I thought, oh, this will be good for them. So I put a bikini aside for you and for a listener. She just has to be petite. It's like a size mini. It's size medium. Okay. So Perfect they, for me. Perfect for me. So I'm going to make sure I win. But I guess it doesn't matter how big or small she is. She can squeeze in it. Other people nowadays, you know, they just do crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> but it's a size medium. Her. I can donate one. Right. I think I think the bikini would be just fine for me. I think I could fit into it. I'm a double XL, but I think I could fit into a medium. And uh, if just think about this, Ashley, if uh, um, um, if uh, our listener that wins it is in Minnesota, I guess you could call it a mini soda. A mini soda. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, it, we all know it didn't do very good for Minnesota fats, but that's a whole other question. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Ashley. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, our, our time has uh, has come to an end, and we uh, I wish we could have you on for longer, but you are such a great gal, and I appreciate your friendship. You know I love you, and uh, I'll uh, resend you the address of where to send the, uh, the autographs and the goodies. And we're definitely going to have you back on again when you put your book out because we want to make it a uh, we want to make it a, a number one bestseller. And I will uh, write a little forward for the book uh, to get all the uh, people in North Dakota buying that book because my name is on it. Okay, it's going to be a tell-all. All right, there you go, Ashley. We love you and uh, you are awesome. And we will definitely have you on again. And be safe out there. Because we know everybody wants a bikini from Ashley, and uh, they'll get it any way they want it. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, don't forget about that Bob Barker idea. And you guys are awesome. I love you all. Thank you for having me on again. All right. Thank you, Ashley. We love you. Have a great time. Okay, sweeties. Bye. Talk to you later. All right. Ashley Page, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I I just love her as a sister. She's like the sister I never had. Uh, so anyway, it uh, looks like our next guest, Wind and Wings, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, uh, and then we'll come back with our next guest. So everybody, uh, hang on tight, and we'll be back after these messages. Hello? <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is definitely hardcore. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the coolest guy that ever stepped behind a camera and in the wrestling ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Victor Bonacore. Whoa, that was an entrance. Uh, This is uh, Victor Bonacore. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts. The Icon, The Big Swing, Granny Hulkster, and The Modern Nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Victor? Good to have you. Right on. Good to be here. Well, I'll tell you what. uh, What we're going to have you do here, uh, Victor, is you give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, we will uh, ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll ask you the tougher questions. Give us a little background, and we'll uh, have some fun. Sounds great. Uh, 
Oh, well, I'm originally from New York. I uh, grew up uh, wanting to make movies. I was a movie lover, and I've been making, like, backyard horror films since I was, like, a little kid. Um, And then I just pursued that career. And I've also been a lifelong wrestling fan. Like, never never really lost touch with me. Um, And I kind of stopped admitting I, I liked it when I was, like, college like late high school era, but I always kind of followed still. And then uh, I moved out to Dayton, Ohio, and I mean, I, I made a bunch of movies, documentaries, music videos, and then um, moved out to Dayton about uh, eight, nine years ago, and um, and then kind of got back into like independent, got like actually into independent wrestling for like really the first time when I moved out here. Still and uh, you've been, uh, oh, sorry. You've, and you've and you've been making movies ever since. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, go over a few uh, different movies uh, that that you've done. And we get most of our information uh, from imdb.com. So if the information is inaccurate, uh, you can yell at them, not us. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about wrestling, and then we'll talk about some of your movies, and we'll have uh, the modern nightmare ask a few questions, and we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, now, how many different uh, movies have uh, you made? I do believe you have one that's filming right now called Thirst, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Thrust, that's actually just finished, and it's making its uh, world premiere this month, and then uh, screening a couple times in Ohio after that. So, yeah, that's Thrust. That's the newest thing. It's a feature film, a kind of a post-apocalyptic girl gangs, um, women run the world, all men are slaves, and um, these like two these two um, women, Alan and Vera, are, are on this quest to like kill the last scumbag alive, and it, it's kind of super over the top, underground. Um, I, I actually a lot of wrestlers, a lot of independent wrestlers are in Thrust. There's a wrestling gang called the Ringworms, actually. And uh, I'm just wondering so, why, uh, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I know I only met you a couple months ago, but uh, if you would have known me earlier, I probably would have uh, got a feature spot in that movie, I would guess, right? Absolutely, man. Oh, absolutely. Always need extras. And uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll uh, try getting a job with you uh, just before uh, we sign off here. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Bonacore as our guest here, and we have 26 minutes. So now you you mentioned uh, as a, as uh, you know being a wrestling fan and being into wrestling, and then you decided to trans uh, uh, you know um, transfer behind the camera and uh, get into film directing. What um, what was your major motivation from going uh, from wrestling to uh, filmmaking? What do you mean from? Well, I was making movies before I like started working in the wrestling business. Is that what you're asking? Oh, okay. You're right, right, Yeah, right. no, I was making movies. And I've always been into wrestling. I always say wrestling is, like, the first thing I was ever obsessed with. Like, before movies or music, like, wrestling, I remember being obsessed with it. Um, but, no, I, I, I started making movies as a little kid and then kept doing that, went to school for that, continued. But when I got into Dayton, that's when I kind of got into indie wrestling and started, like, filming uh, local wrestling here. And uh, you, uh, you're with, I do believe, Rockstar Pro Wrestling, correct? I was, yeah. They haven't run a show in a while. Um, you know, COVID kind of 
messed shit up and there was a move and I, I know they're looking for a new venue. Um, but yeah, they, um, I, I worked there for a long time. And uh, also just remember uh, PG language, please, uh, because we are on the air here. Uh, just oh, so did I curse? I don't even realize that. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll, we won't talk about it. Well, we just need to take a quick little break, do a little legal ID, and we'll be right back. Let me get... So now you you are you are doing wrestling and movies at the same time. So what wrestling promotion are you with right now? Right now, uh, pretty much just working with Sammy Callahan's uh, uh, Wrestling Revolver, um, which is running out of Dayton and Iowa. Um, that's now, yeah. I'm... Go ahead, oh, sir. You go. Sorry. No, you go. That's it. <laughs> Now, uh, uh, now let me ask you this, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on the modern nightmare here. Are are you guys uh, always looking uh, for wrestlers from all around the country to come in uh, and uh, help you wrestle in your shows? Uh, that's a question for Sammy, but I, you know, I don't know. Uh, Sammy is like books the whole show himself, and I think he's got like a long plan. So I, I really don't know. Uh, that's a good question, but. I would uh, I wouldn't be the person to ask about that. <laughs> I kind of show up. <clears throat> Sammy hits me up, tells me I need you on this show. I show up, whether it's Dayton or Iowa, and I film it, and then I'm at the next one. Um, but yeah, well, I don't really get involved in that stuff in that promotion yet. Well, well, well. Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, wrestling, then we have uh, Victor Bonnie, of course, our guest. We're on eighty nine point one Ken's FM, and we have about uh, twenty three minutes here. Uh, with that being said, then uh, we have a uh, we have the modern nightmare. He's a uh, wrestler himself, and uh, what do you have for our guest, uh, Victor Bonacore? Go ahead, Matthias. Yes, this is uh, Matthias, the man from every woman's dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel. Uh, welcome to the show. Just wanted because I've, I've been kind of listening to you, and I hear from what you said. If I was correct, uh, you are a big horror movie fan and a wrestling fan, so you and I would. Uh, get together quite well or work together quite well um first off what was uh what was one of your uh, tougher projects you've ever had to film like whether it was um script wise or just what would what what made one of your most difficult projects uh that difficult and you can't say this show because oh. that'd be too easy <laughs> oh right on that's that's a great question and it's nice to meet you over the, the airwaves um so, uh, I would say I did a documentary on this uh, filmmaker from Greenville, Ohio, named Jim Van Beber. He made all these, like, he made basically, like, the first film ever in, from Dayton. I think he completed the first film. It's like a gang film called Deadbeat at Dawn. And, and okay. uh, he was, like, uh, he was in film school, and uh, he went for two years, and he was, like, making all these incredibly advanced, crazy horror stuff, like, just amazing advanced stuff and he didn't have the money to go back for a third year so the college was like we'll give you money and uh he took that money and just made a film instead <laughs> so this movie's like iconic he's going on to do like pantera music videos and and uh, he made a movie about charles manson called the manson family he made all these great films and then uh i just came into some of his shorts 
films, and then I wanted to make a documentary about them. And that just went on for, like, ten years. Like, it was just so long because things kept changing, and you think you have an ending, and then something else happens. So that was, you know, because uh, with a documentary, there's no script. You're kind of just going, and I never felt like it was complete. So I guess that was really difficult because it's like you're trying to keep people interested in this project you're working on, and it's going on 10 years, and you don't want them to think you're just being lazy. It's just, you know, but when you're doing something yourself and funding it yourself, and you can only afford to fly out to L.A. like once, you know, every three years to film stuff and get interviews, it's just the way you got to do it. So that that was difficult, just having no money, just having literally no money. You start from nothing, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So that that what I say was most. Difficult. I mean, I'm ve- I finished it, and I you know it, it got out, went out on Blu-ray, and screened it in festivals, and uh, so I'm happy with it. But yeah, it was difficult, and I would probably do things a lot differently next time. Okay. And then, uh, what would you say was one of your what what kind of a genre of film do you think is uh, the easiest, or maybe even the funnest uh, for you to uh, create? Oh, horror, I mean, all day. I love horror. I think it's, um, as, I think it's, like, just easier to do in the sense where, um, I don't know. It's, like, definitely horror. That's just my favorite. Horror exploitation, just crazy over the top, because I feel like you can use your imagination a lot, and you can, uh, you know, just have fun and go for it. And, you know, horror's fun, because i I just been doing that stuff since I was like a kid, and it was just, you know, use ketchup as blood, and that old trope, but it, it it's true, you know, and then just, it's just fun and easy to do, and I was just always obsessed with horror films, and I was always obsessed with, like, going to the video store and just looking at the horror section, it's like my favorite thing yeah. to do, and, and uh, that, the, and watching wrestling, <laughs> no, that's it, I was just saying that, and watching wrestling were, like, my favorite things. Well, then, perfect, because uh, as uh, Icon would point out, I'm also a very, very, very big horror fanatic. So what would be, what's your favorite kind of uh, horror film? Are you a slasher? Are you a paranormal? What kind of, what kind of horror is your favorite? Uh, uh, well, I like, I like a lot of stuff from the 70s, I think. Probably the best. Okay. Um, I like, like, I don't know. Um, I like Stuff, I like everything from, like, also, like, really shitty, like... Oh, sorry, I cursed again. I apologize. I just realized that. Sorry, really bad, low-budget horror films that are, like, shot, you know, on a bad camcorder and, you know, have really bad acting and stuff. Like, I love that So, like, Thanksgiving? I actually did see that. Yeah, that was kind of fun, actually. <laughs> I saw so that. I think I watched the sequel. There's like a, a sequel to it too. I think I watched. Yeah, yeah there. I think. Know, Go ahead. And like, I also look at these movies too. Like, I do like also like really love like the low budget stuff. Like stuff that also is considered like bad with bad acting and stuff. I think there's a charm to stuff that's so low budget, but like this person got like all the neighborhood people together to make a film, and he took it seriously. There's like a charm to that. And, exactly. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Exactly. That makes so much sense. And then uh, I would always say my favorite uh, style of horror would definitely be the slashers. I grew up on Scream, and uh, that was the first horror movie I believe I've seen, next to like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and all that kind of stuff. Has there ever been a film 
in the horror genre or any movie in general that that like for me I never get scared during a film. I know like being a film buff as I am and going and doing uh, film in college and stuff like I've done. I just know when something's going to happen. Um, but has there been a film that every time you watch it just gets you no matter what, whether it be a jump scare, or whether it be like a certain event during the film that you like cringe at or anything like that? Yeah, there's actually a scene in uh, The Exorcist 3 where like um, they're in this hospital and this like patient walks by. And then it's like the nurse like runs past him in the hallway with these like shears. And it's just like an ex- extremely terrifying shot. And I'm sure other people have said that before, but man, that shot, that's just what popped in my brain. And then there's this movie called The Gate from the 80s. You ever see that? Yep. It's like Stephen Dorff. And there's a scene in that that since a kid, I remember seeing it as a kid, it still bothers me. He like looks at his hand and there's like an eyeball in his hand. And then he later yeah. takes a piece of glass and like stabs it, and that just that still gets me every single time. I yeah. remember that movie. Uh, they when they fired the rocket ship into the monster. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that it's it's a fun movie. It still holds up, I think. And uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and I was gonna say in Child's Play too. I love the stuff with uh, it still gets me at the end when or you know when they. Chucky, she checks the um, uh, back of Chucky, and uh, he's got no batteries in him, and then his head spins around, and he's yeah. When you see the spine, yelling at her. Oh man! Oh, no, that, that's the no battery. Yeah, yeah. No, so no batteries. His head spins around, and she drops him, and he like scurvy, like gets under the couch. Man, that that that's just great. <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, my favorite. Well, one thing that always will get to me, and I normally, and unfortunately during on this show now, I can't really talk about favorite kills and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know if you've seen the movie Hatchet at all. Oh yeah, I saw it like I, I saw that in the theaters in like New York when it when it came out. Okay, um, if you if you remember the if you remember the second kill uh, during that film. That is the uh, that is the one that will always get to me because when I watch that happen, it's, I can just like feel it, and it just mm. makes me just like cringe. Like I just, if that ever happened to somebody, I just would like wonder what they were going through, like the kind of pain they would feel. Because just, yeah, no, thank you, just no. Mm-hmm. I you know what I haven't seen it since that time, and that's like, how old is that movie now? Fifteen years. Not that at old, least right? I think it, I think I think it was made Maybe like eight. in two between 2007 or 2009 if I'm not mistaken I'd have to relook yeah. it up yeah but, I'll, uh, I'll have to rewatch that one and then uh I guess one more question I had for you what was one of the uh because mo- I know how Sammy Callahan I mean I'm I've always wanted to work uh, in other promotions I'm actually going down to Iowa for impact uh, pro wrestling here on the 22nd oh, nice. of this month um but like, what was one of the, uh, what was one of the, like the, I don't know how Sammy, how he really runs his promotion. I'd have to look you guys up because I'd be wonder, I'd be honored to work with you guys. Uh, what was one of the uh, hardest matches you've ever gotten to see while filming it? Like, was it because of the blood, or was there anything too extreme, or something like that? What was one of your favorite matches you got to film from that promotion? Huh. That's good. Well, yeah, there's been a bunch, man, and definitely it's like anything with Alex Cologne. 
And if, if you know who Alice Clone is, the yep. guy is just like incredible, and he's so fast. And the second he's out of that curtain, he's like the most believable badass. And just like anything with him tends to get just have me like on like I'm on an extra edge because it's a and it's a, I, I like it. It's it's a, it's a nice rush. It's, so he him and and uh, Jay Christ had a match in Iowa a couple months back okay. that I filmed, and it was like, I don't even remember the name of it, but there was just, there was so much glass, and, like, they were jumping off the top of stuff, and it was just insane. And it was insane. And, like, they just beat each other up real good, and it was it was just really intense. And then after that, you know, that was the last match of the night, I believe. And we uh, drove right back to Dayton, so we're all the way in Iowa, you know, and they got to clean up after that, you know, and they're, that takes a lot out of some And the whole, you know, we drove home with Alex, actually, after that. And it's just, I just give those guys so much credit because <clears throat> I could never do that stuff. And, um, you know, they devote their life to it. And um, Yeah. Yeah, that, that one of that. And I, I just filmed a match with John Moxley, and that was kind of like, wow. That was pretty, that was pretty amazing. And, um, he fought this uh, wrestled this guy uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, who's like this, who's a champ now in Impact, and he's amazing too. And uh, mm-hmm. their styles were really different. Cause they were both like kind of brawlers, but once you know, um, they're just different kind of brawlers. Yes, uh, sir. More yeah. like kind of karate based, you know. And it's it's incredible though, and that was amazing too. So. And uh, I was going to mention before I toss it back over to Icon here, um, I would be honored to work with you guys. Um, I've done, I've never really done a full-on death match before, but I, I'm, I'm a heel. I'm a primary heel. I can work with just about anybody, I've been told. Um, I've done thumbtacks, barbed wire. I've done all this kind of stuff. I've just never done glass before yet. Um, but, yeah, if, 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 if you're ever willing to – Toss me out to if you can give me Sammy's information or anything like that. I would definitely be honored to one day uh, work for you guys' promotion. I'll send Sammy this Sammy. Uh, I'll send Sammy this interview. Okay, How cool, about that? perfect. That sounds perfect. that sounds like a plan to me. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, yeah. uh, Victor Victor Bonacor is our guest. So now that uh, you gave. Uh, Matthias a job, the modern nightmare. Let's talk about me. Uh, <laughs> we're on 89.1 Kansas FM. we got uh, 10 minutes left with uh, Victor. I want to talk about uh, a few of uh, the movies uh, and products that you've done. And like I said, we get all our information from imdb.com. Uh, first off, uh, I'm kind of curious about the movie uh, that caused, I guess, a lot of uh, food poisoning called Tainted Milk. Oh, Tainted Milk. That's a movie that I, I do a voice in my. Uh, it was a guy right. I was making uh, movies with called Screamer Claws, Jimmy Screamer Claws, and he's an animator. And he just made. I was living with him at the time, and he was making. Can you hook uh, us up with him? Anim- huh? Can you hook us up with him? Sure. Yeah, he's always needing voice actors, and uh, he he was doing this animation. I was making my documentary, and he made this weird, crazy, controversial short. Called Painted Milk, and then I did the voice in it. Or well, I mean, yeah. not necessarily, not necessarily uh, for work, but uh, uh, as an interview to be on the show with us. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy. 
And, you know, if you, if you refuse to just say, hey, remember the time when we were living together, you forgot to do the dishes, and you said you owed me one? Go on a show. You yeah. can make up for it that way. <laughs> yeah, we use paper plates. Uh, <laughs> uh, Victor Bonacore is... Victor Bonacore is our guest here. Uh, we are on 89.1 Kids FM, and we have uh, we have about nine minutes. So now, uh, Victor, tell, kind of tell us a little bit. You know, you talked about Thrust uh, that just completed. What uh, uh, kind of tell us what else you got going on? Uh, other projects that you're working on, or uh, what uh, your calendar looks like uh, till the end of 2022? All right. Well, yeah, like I was saying, Thrust is done, and it's premiering. It's playing at a drive-in in Indiana at the end of the month, and then it's playing in Ohio. So we're going to be doing that. And then I'm, the next thing I'm going to be writing is um, this movie called Labor Day. Because um, I'm like, there's no Labor Day horror films, and I would love to be the first person to make like a Labor Day horror film. Probably more exploitation than like a horror film, but, um, you know, whatever. Those are just names. Um I also have the, my documentary I was talking about earlier, Diary of a Deadbeat. I'm re-editing that. I got some more interviews with that. I just interviewed Joe Bob Riggs for that. And then I did a documentary on wrestling called Bump. And I'm going to revisit that as well. And I started that before the pandemic and would, like, follow wrestlers around, like, most of them that I, I would I met through Dayton, through Rockstar. And then I would go with them to other promotions and... And just film like the day, like all behind the scenes stuff, and um, and I want to pick that back up too. And then, yeah, so I'm always always doing something. Well, you know, and it's it's always good to stay busy. But what uh, what did you really? Uh, what is like one project that you're really looking forward to doing? Uh, that uh, you uh, that uh, like someone that you really like to uh, work with. Who's, who's someone I would really like to work with? Yeah. Huh. That's a good question. We in like anything in wrestling and in, in. Well, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Oh. Anything like someone like you'd really like to work with. Hmm. Right, that's a good question. Um. Man, that's hard. I don't know. Off the top of my head, there's so many people. I think. Um, oh man. Oh, that's a tough one. It's like, so who would I want to work with? You mean like, like have them at, be in my film, one of my films or something, or is it like? Well, yeah, like they, for instance, if uh, okay. if you like to do a movie with like The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin, something like that, oh. along those lines. Oh God, yeah, that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, like I got to like interview Bret Hart one time, and I was like, a fucking dream come true, you know. Oh God, I cursed again. I am so sorry. <laughs> I really am. That's just how I talk. I really apologize, everybody. Um, well, anyway, I, uh, with, with with that being said, you know we've had, uh, uh, you know we uh, we've had a lot of members of the Hart family. We had uh, his ex-wife on with us. We've had his kids on with oh, us. Wow. We've had uh, his sister Diana on with us. Uh, as a matter of fact, they used to be a sponsor of our show back in back in the day when we were just a podcast. And after tonight, we'll probably be going back to that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we have uh, we have uh, Victor Barnacore as our guest here, and uh, we only have a few minutes left here. We got about five minutes left. So now you have uh, you have a lot of uh, movies that uh, you've done in the past. Uh, what was your uh, what was your favorite project that you worked on, uh, and uh, 
along those lines of those projects, what would you like to like do a sequel for? Uh, what was my favorite project I ever worked on? And it doesn't have to be like something that I made. It could be like something right. else. Right, right, correct. Um, one of the best experiences I ever had was that working on this film called Chasing Banksy. And it was a, um, uh, a movie by this director named Frank Henenlotter who did like Basket Case and Basket Case 2 and Brain Damage, made a bunch of amazing, iconic horror films. And I got to go with them to New Orleans and help make the movie. And we were got to stay in New Orleans and shoot this film. I got to shoot this film with one of my favorite filmmakers and who's, you know, now a good friend in uh, an amazing city and... And it, was, and it was awesome. That was, so that was like an incredible experience. Um, changed my view on like, like what well, made me like realize like definitely want to make movies or work in this field somehow for the rest of my life. And then uh, going to uh, New York at WrestleCon, uh, going from Ohio to New York and shooting a show there at WrestleCon, uh, uh, Pancakes and Pile Drivers as, like, the first show in the morning on uh, at WrestleCon, and it was incredible. And it was, like, just the biggest show ever that I've ever filmed, and that was awesome. So that was a crazy, amazing experience. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's it. Uh, we have uh, Victor Bonacore as a guest here. we got uh, we got about uh, three minutes left here with Victor. So if our fans want to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Yeah, I just I'm pretty basic. I got an Instagram, it's Video Bonacore, and I got a Facebook, just Victor Bonacore, and I got a YouTube, and I think on YouTube, maybe it's just Victor Bonacore, or uh, yeah, yeah. If you search for my name, it'll come up. Uh, but that's it. I'm not on all that other stuff. I'm not great at social media. But you know, I'll tell you what. When you when you when you think about it with all the stuff that uh, you've done and all the stuff that you're going to do, uh, if uh, well, like for instance, if someone wanted to uh, come work for you and uh, you know try out for like one of your movies, what do you look for? Um, what do I look? It just depends on the project. But I, I'm open to everybody and everything, and uh, you know, I don't discriminate. And uh, it just depends on what we're doing and what I'm what the character is and stuff and a lot of times too I just I kind of have people in mind regardless if they're an actor or not and uh, I so but yeah I mean people can always reach out to me I'm always doing something I love meeting new people that are down well you know I'll stuff. tell you what I would uh, I, I would I would love to come work for you um, you know you can ask anybody if uh you hire me, you know, you've, you've hired gold, and uh, I'll definitely be, keep everybody entertained on the set. And, uh, you know, I I don't charge much for a talent fee. The only thing I request is that you have a place where I can stay and uh, throw me a couple hot dogs and uh, let me get your bags and your cappuccino from, uh, from one of the local coffee shops, and uh, we'll be good to go. All right. I'll give you three hot dogs. Well, sounds good to me. Vegetarian <laughs> well, uh, hot dogs, though. Uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, Victor Bonacore is our guest here. We got about uh, thirty seconds. And real quick here, if uh, if you were to, uh, if someone were to ask you, if you were to give some advice uh, for someone that just was starting out in like the film industry or the wrestling wrestling industry, what advice would you give them? Uh, just go for it. 
uh, go for it, work hard, go for it, pay your dues, and um, yeah, just go for it, and uh, that's it, that's all you can do, and don't give up. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we appreciate uh, you joining us tonight, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again. And uh, we do appreciate everything that you do. And uh, if you, uh, for our fans, know that if you like our page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that, go to 89.1 Kent FM page on Facebook, like that. Uh, do a $10 a month uh, uh, donation to Power of the Tower. Uh, we'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed uh, picture of a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And we're hoping that uh, you might be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways as well. Right on. All right, Victor, and all. if you can send us a few autographs, I'll send you an address of where to send that to, and we sure do appreciate it, and you are awesome, and we thank you. Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was fun. All right, uh, take it easy, bud. All right, Victor Bonacore, right, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we're waiting for our uh, next guest to call, so in the meantime, we'll hear from our sponsor, and we will be back after these messages. And uh, we are on 89.1 KensFM.com, waiting for our uh, our next uh, guest to call, uh, whenever that might be. But in the meantime, let's uh, kind of talk a little bit about um, uh, some of the, uh, you know, you mentioned some of the events that you got coming up, uh, but what else uh, What else you got on the horizon coming up? Well, I mean, just working and just doing what I do, working my bar job, working my beer delivery job, and then wrestling whenever I can. Like I said, I talked, we just had our, previous guest on and if uh, i could work for sammy callahan that would uh be absolutely killer but i don't know if i told you guys this uh last week from what i heard from james ellsworth when i uh when i wrestled for him down in green bay he told me i'm going to be getting a wwe tryout or uh, i'll be working with the wwe uh next time they're around the uh the wisconsin area and if uh, I get a tryout match and they like me, well, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll sign that contract and I'll get the uh, the big bucks. I talked to I talked to my folks when I went to Medora down this weekend, and uh, you know, parents they they're really not too supportive of my wrestling, but they but they know it's an absolute passion of mine. So they say go go with your instinct, go with your gut. And if I could, I would definitely uh, I'd probably sign that contract and uh, do what I love to do as my dream job. And you got to make sure you don't big time us, and that uh, you you're still willing to hang with us every once in a while. Absolutely, I definitely. If if any if anything, if I could ever come back and do a live show here, I would. Um, I'd always be down to talk to you guys. I mean, heck, you guys are the ones that that got me out to uh, do other things and got me talking to other guests. And because of you guys, I now am booked with uh, Chief Jay Eagle down in South Carolina. I just got to get my license and get down there. But with all these other bookings coming up, I just don't have time to unfortunately book a flight and get down there that's just too much money i've been uh i've been taking a lot of beatings with uh these previous bookings when i'm traveling to wisconsin almost every other weekend and stuff but if you're in the wrestling business and you expect to make money you're not going to the only time you'll make big money is when you're in the the big leagues and even then you might get stiffed so you just gotta gotta really watch yourself but the reason we do it it's a passion you you go and uh i was talking to another wrestler and it's we don't wrestle for us. We wrestle for the crowd. And the crowd comes to see you. You put on your best performance. You do what you can for the crowd. We do everything out there for that crowd because if we didn't have the crowd, we wouldn't be wrestling. So we we don't do it for us. 
it's always for the crowd and the people that come to support us and all that. So to everyone that comes out to support uh, pro wrestling, indie wrestling, that kind of thing, thank you very much. And then I also wanted to give a quick shout-out to Granny for giving me the uh, information for Ozark uh, Mountain Wrestling down in Arkansas. So I'm hoping to go down there as soon as possible as well. And uh, speaking of uh, audiences, uh, let's, uh, let's talk uh, to our, our, our caller right now. Uh, is that uh, is that the big swing? Is he on with us right now? Uh, yeah, I think you know who this is. John. Uh, I am I am sorry. This evening I had uh, running way behind schedule and got a couple of things that I'm not going to bore the listeners with as to why I was late. But uh, yeah, I was actually just listening though to the whole wrestling business making money kind of scenario, and you know it is. Sort of the same thing with radio, honestly, because you look at a lot of these, and that's for those of you who may not know, that's my field, is the radio, you know, sports talk radio show. And for radio, you look at a lot of these guys, and unless you're Howard Stern or you're Coward Kaepernick, or, or excuse me, not Colin Kaepernick, I was just doing a show on him this morning. Uh, Colin Coward. Coward. Yeah, that's what I meant. But I just, Kaepernick was our topic of discussion this morning, still in my mind. Um, Cowherd, a, a guy like that, Mike and Mike, you know, Mad Dog, Chris Russo, whatever. Unless you're one of those guys, uh, it's the same thing, you know. I, I mean, and, and you read biographies and autobiographies of these radio personalities who were, you know, living out of their car for ninety dollars a week and putting in eighty hours on the air, you know. And uh, there had been several stations that I had applied to uh, where I wanted to, you know, to get an on-air gig. Uh, and be the local drive-time sports guy. And there were these towns in little, you know, middle of nowhere, Iowa and Indiana, and these little towns that have a thousand people in them. And it, it's just uh, that's what you got to do. You got to um, you got to basically walk the staircase. You have to start at the bottom and work your way up. And and I know it's it's the same with wrestling. Uh, the only thing with radio is that you know you're not straining your body nearly as much. I mean, these these guys definitely should uh, be paid a little bit better than they are for the physicality that they have to put themselves through. Uh, you know, I mean, every other professional athlete, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's a bowler or something, but every other professional athlete gets paid at least a livable wage. So, you know, uh, we, we should really look at wrestling and, you know, um, about about their, their money troubles and, and their long travel out. You know, yeah. so, well, luckily for me, well, luckily for me, I've I've been able to find a gig doing play-by-play at the local college that that's near me, Skidmore College up here in, in Saratoga Springs, New York, and uh, you know, be on the air at, at the local station here. But it was a battle. I mean, it really was, and it's been you know longer than and it should have been years ago, and it's just recently recently happening. So I, I hear you there, uh, but I would say just keep grinding, keep doing your thing, and and one day, you know. It will, it will, it will pay off for sure. Well, you know the the thing is, uh, I, I'm sure you're aware of this, uh, Big Swing, but uh, uh, we're about a month away from our year anniversary of being on Ken's FM. If you uh, if you knew, remember we st- we launched that on, long this, on the Ken's FM, huh? Yeah, re- yeah. Remember, this is 89.1 Ken's FM. If you remember, we launched no, on 89 20, 20, oh. okay. I mean. Well, I mean, when you think about how the stars align, we this is eighty nine point one, and we launched on eight nine twenty twenty one. 
so we started August 9th of 2021, which was, uh, I mean, just a, <laughs> you know, and how yeah, long have you and I been doing this together? Uh, going on five, is it five years or so, I think, something like that? Is it five or six? Yeah, it could be. I have to go back and look. It, it could be six. Very well, it could be six. But I think for you being the main uh, focal point uh, of the show as, you know, a, a co-host first and, and then a host, um, I think it's been about five, four and a half to five. But, yeah, um, wild ride it's been. And, you know, it, it's it's really kind of funny because one of my experiences with radio is actually a a uh, you, you can see the results when it comes to the internet. And what I mean by that is when I was first starting out on my local station, I just came, came home from college, and we were ready to go. We were we were ready, you know, we're on air. I had my co-host. We knew what the first show was going to be about, what it was called, what we were going to talk about. You know, we we were ready to go. We were poised, and uh, we get a call saying that one of the uh, big station heads was coming over from the CBS station, mind you, ESPN affiliate. There's a uh, CBS station, and, and he said, uh, oh, you know, he, he wants the 10 to 12 spot. And I was like, oh, well, okay, um, we're on the 10 to 12 spot, you know? And, and they go, yeah, but he's been in the business longer than you've been alive, so we're going to give him, you know, that spot. And I was like, well, what? the heck, you know, well, what's, what, what am I supposed to do? And he uh, he told me, well, you can go on the RMRI, you can go on the podcast. And at first, I really didn't, I really didn't, I was I was disgruntled at first. I, I really didn't think anything of a podcast. I thought that people who did podcasts weren't good enough to be on the radio and that anybody, uh, anybody could do a podcast, literally. That, that, that's, that's, radio. Well, that's well, I know, that's not like uh I know, that sounds like honky-tonk man thinking. And, and, and uh, that's what I thought. So so I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. I'll give it a shot. It's still a gig. And, you know, one day we were talking about, I believe it was the Minnesota Vikings, your Minnesota Vikings, I believe. Um, and we were getting callers from the Minneapolis area, from the North Dakota area, from Wisconsin, from Indiana. We were talking about New Orleans Saints. We were getting calls from Louisiana, from Arkansas, from Texas. And, and you know, I'm sitting there going, wow, if we were on the FM station, the only people really that could hear us, um, unless they have the app, of course, were the local people here in the Albany, New York area. And the fact that the podcast was able to open up so much for us, um, now I see, like, our gig, for example. I see we get callers from all over the country, people listening all over the world, and you know, FM, yes, it's great, and Ken's FM has been a great host, but being an on-air uh, internet show uh, has really opened up a lot of doors for us as well. So uh, I didn't have the same respect for it back then as, as you know, I do now. Right. Now, real quick here, guys, uh, it looks like our uh, our next guest is ready, so I'm going to bring him on. They are ready. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Uh, stay on with us. In a big thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to do a run-in and do a tag-in. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you my favorite promoter ever. He is Dylan Hines. Hey, Dylan, how are you, bud? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Good. What's new with you? We, we haven't uh, we haven't chatted with you in a while, and uh, you're also uh, breaking a record because you are now part of the Five Timers Club as well. That's awesome. Yeah, we so, got the, uh, um, go ahead. 
Oh, uh, yes, what was going on, uh, new and everything. Um, we got a big signing with Jimmy Garvin and Ronnie Garvin and Bill Dundee and uh, Sheep Herder Luke and the Fantastics, uh, Bobby and Jackie Fulton, uh, August uh, 5th and 6th in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Gathering. That's our next big event we're going to be doing. And for those of you who might be wondering who uh, Sheep Herder Luke is, uh, we would know him as Bushwhacker Luke, correct? Correct. All right. So, now, uh, Dylan, if you want to give us a little background about uh, yourself and what you do, uh, then, we'll, uh, then we'll interview you. We have, uh, we have you on 89.1 Kens FM. We've got about 27 minutes. So go ahead. Give us a little uh, background about uh, who you're working with and uh, what you do, and then we'll uh, uh, have some fun. I'll try and get a couple of my friends some jobs with you. So here recently we've been uh, running a lot of events and stuff. Uh, um, for the first quarter of uh, – 2023, we received a notification that we are the third highest, uh, I guess, rated pro wrestling uh, company out there, you know, because we have, like, the highest attendance outside of the WWE, of course, which they have WrestleMania and all those events and stuff, plus they have television, and AEW, which also has television and a lot of the big events and everything in us. Yeah. So we right. run events through World Class and Professional Big Time Wrestling, and then I have Big Time Collectibles, which we do signings with practically everybody. Like last November, we had the Icon Sting, and October on October 15th in Chillicothe, Ohio, we're going to have Kane, and I've worked for practically some of the biggest icons. And uh, you know one of the bigger icons in wrestling, which is me. Yes. Uh, Dylan Hines, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. We got uh, 25 minutes. Uh, now, uh, Matthias, now, uh, you, uh, I believe that uh, you're a wrestler, and uh, we have a wrestling promoter. Uh, maybe you can uh, see about uh, what it would take to uh, wrestle for Mr. Hines. Go ahead. Well, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Uh, I am the North Dakota's number one heel, the man from every woman's dream and every man's worst nightmare. Uh, my career has actually been taking off recently as I've been traveling uh, over a few, quite a few states. Um, I'm always down to work with uh, with other ro- promotions. I've been, I think this will uh, upcoming in my next schedule. I'll be wrestling for my seventh or eighth or maybe ninth new promotion. I've been uh, going over the states uh, as of recently. So if uh, you and I want to sit down and discuss, I'm more than willing to uh, to work with you. Um, my main question probably would be for you is. Uh, what was one of, because I'm not sure if I've asked you this before, if I've ever spoken to you on this show before, um, what was one of the uh, the best uh, running shows you ever got to promote? Uh, was it because of crowd-wise? Was it name-wise? Like, what was one of your biggest shows you've ever gotten to uh, be a part of? Well, uh, here recently in March, uh, we've had an enormous, attendance record for any independent events out there where we had 3,500 people. You know, we had Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, and 50 other guys on the event and stuff. But uh, that was amazing, you know. I'm only 23 years old, and I'm over here promoting events that are having 3,500 people at it. I never thought I would see myself doing something like that, you know. Plus, I've been part of the Russell Kate event, Tracy Myers and Brian Hawks run, as, and I believe George South is big major part of that as well and then Russell Khan of course and stuff we got a lot of big things that we've been able to be a part of and everything and through that I had to have to thank my father Bobby Fulton for all his help and everything that he's 
being able to give me and assisting me with making contacts with a lot of these guys and stuff, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. Uh, if uh, Matthias wanted to come wrestle for you, what would you have to do? Would he have to try out? Does he have to send you a whole bunch of uh, tapes or uh, call you up on the phone and say, hey, uh, I'm uh, I'm looking for a gig? How would, uh, how would one come work for you and wrestle for you? Well, one thing I would uh, like is to be able to see footage of the guy and stuff. And uh, to be honest with you, we've kind of strayed away from having the uh, independent type guys, you know, on our events and stuff. Where we have had uh, our last event, I'll just read the card off for you real quick. Um, hold on if I can find it. See, you guys, he had so many wrestlers on the card, he's got, <laughs> right. he, he's got to look on his notes. <laughs> yeah, we had Rob Van Dam and uh, Sabu wrestling on that event, and it, it was it was crazy, you know. Uh, Duggan made yeah. an appearance there. Slaughter made an appearance there. We had Lance Archer and Mr. Hughes team up against the Rock and Roll Express. We had oh, wow. uh, Tony Atlas and Bushwhacker Luke in action. We had Gangrel wrestling. We had. Uh, Brian Pullman Jr. and uh, Kerry Morton in the opening contest. But a lot of our cards have been running here recently. Like the event had uh, uh, Kerry Morton versus Brian Pullman Jr. We had a girls match featuring uh, Riley Matthews versus Big Mama. Uh, both of them were trained by Roger Ruffin. And uh, um, we had Shark Boy versus the chosen Josh Benson. Josh Benson has been training with the... Um, Nightmare Factory and stuff with uh, QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes and all those guys, you know. Um, we had a battle royal with uh, Tony Atlas and um, Onyx and uh, Bushwhacker Luke and several other guys were part of that. Onyx is another guy that kind of made his name with Independence in Ohio and stuff, where uh, a lot of them see him as uh, a star, you know. Like, sometimes you see these independent guys and you're like, so-so, but he looks like a star. That's one of the most important things we look at when we're booking talents and stuff. If they don't have that name uh, notoriety from being on television and stuff, you know, we look to see if they uh, have the look of a star, if they're able to carry that uh, stardom with them, you know, and stuff. And we had Sean Casey, who's one of the greatest uh, independent veterans out there out of the Cincinnati-Dayton area, wrestled for OVW, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He also did some matches on television for WCW and the WWF and stuff, you know. We had him, him against Gangrel in a great match. And we had um, Jackie Fulton and uh, Shane Douglas team up against Robbie Starr, Iron Russian, and Nate Madsen. Iron Russian is a great talent out there. Um, Robbie Starr, another great uh, veteran who's been around for a while and stuff out of the Canton area. Then we had Nate Madsen, which is out of the Detroit area. It's another great star. Um, we had Rock and Roll Express versus Mr. Hughes and Lance Archer, which was a fantastic match. And then the main event, of course, was Rob Van Dam versus Two Cold Scorpio, where Bill Alfonso was part of the match, and Sabu also made an appearance during that match. Uh, Dylan Hines, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Uh, we're going to have uh, Math- uh, we had Matthias ask a few questions. Now, uh, Big Swing, I know that you have a couple questions for uh, Mr. Hines, and then uh, we're going to come back to me. I'm going to ask you the tougher questions. So what do you got, Big Swing? Go ahead. Well, I uh, unfortunately am a little bit uh, on the younger side to really have lived through the wrestling promoting days back when, you know, the Jim Crockett's and the things like that, back when promotion and wrestling, you know, uh, was a thing really in the mainstream segment. But I do know it is still a thing. Um, 
you know, when you go to more of the, the indie wrestling segment. So is it uh, is it still a super, super competitive thing? And how do you go about with your booking? Like, I've always been curious about, you know, matchmaking and, and um, getting superstars to come. And I, it's just something that I've never really had a lot of experience watching, but I've always kind of been interested mm-hmm. in. I just haven't been able to ask anybody about it. So you're asking how, like, we were able to go around to book these guys and stuff, the competitive... Yeah, uh, like, what, like, 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 how, 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 what's your approach? I mean, if you don't want to give up your trade secret, I, I get it, but if, if, you know, you go to a wrestler and you say, hey, come wrestle for me, come to my promotion, um, you know, how, how do you usually go about that? And, I mean, is it that simple? Or do you usually have to... Well, the key, the key to life, the key to, sorry to interrupt you, but the key to life is money. Contact the guy and give him uh-huh. a nice enough offer to come and wrestle for you, then, yeah, they'll come and wrestle for you. You gotta have the money though. That's okay. that's the X factor for for anything in life. Money. Money. Okay. The second thing is the connections you have. Like if, for example, I've known Sabu and Shane Douglas for a while and stuff. My okay. dad also knew Van Dam when Van Dam was starting out in the independence and stuff back in the early '90s, before he became the big ECW icon, uh, wrestling okay. in the Carolinas and Georgia and stuff. You know, so having those contacts and stuff, which I use Bushwhacker Luke, give him a shout out. I use him as a booker for me, per se, as he has a lot of the connections with these guys that I might not have, you know. And do you do you just get them to come to you uh, and wrestle for you already established, or do you have any part of maybe redeveloping their character and remarketing and branding them once they come to you as well? Well, we use them as already established here because why, it, somebody before asked us, why don't you use pictures of what they look like now? The most important thing is to show pictures of what they look like when they were on television because if I was to show pictures of some of the guys as how they look now, although Rob Van Dam looks like Rob Van Dam and all that, you know, there was a time where Ronnie Garvin had blonde hair, right? For example, Ronnie Garvin. Now he has black hair. Well, guess what? If I was to show his picture of when he was in the 80s, I would draw a lot more people than if I was to show Ronnie Garvin how he looks now, you know? Sure, sure. No, what I meant is wrestlers who are coming to that you recruit, uh, do you usually bring them in already with a character, or do you have any part in saying, all right, you know what? You were this, you you know, you were a super baby face here, I'm going to make you a heel, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Do you have any part in that, or do you just get them to... So you mean the independent guys, me? correct? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I create their I create their character when I look at them. Like Josh Benson, oh, he came that. in and wanted to be a baby face. He was called the Rocket Josh Benson. I looked at him and said, you're going to be the chosen one, Josh Benson. He's one of the top hills we have in big-time wrestling uh, currently and stuff, and Phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, so so you do have you do have a say in, in, in what they are as a yeah. character. Okay, that's what I was curious about. I see about. him yep. in the next okay. 10 years uh, going. Either he's going to be in AEW. He's got that connection with QT Marshall and the Cody Rhodes and stuff. But also Cody Rhodes now is in WWE. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Josh Benson in the next 10 years in WWE. Oh, nice. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. See, that's always super interesting to me. Like, I've always wondered, you know, how that works in, in sort of character development. So that's... That's interesting to me, but uh, that's what I got, I got. Uh, Dylan Hines, our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. we got about 15 minutes. So, uh, Dylan, uh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, what is it like having a legend for a dad? Um, you know, like uh, did you uh, 
Uh, I'll have you answer that. It's actually a two-part question. I have an alleged for a father, and uh, did you ever get to bring your dad uh, to show and tell in elementary school when you were a kid? Uh, I'll answer part A. Uh, um, people who look at the uh, second-generation or multi-generational wrestlers like myself, Kerry Morton, and others who are in the business. I'm not a wrestler myself. I actually start the event and manage and stuff and have done other jobs. I used to wrestle, but I don't wrestle anymore because I'm enjoying more doing the business side of professional wrestling and stuff. But they look at those guys like Tessa Blanchard and Charlotte Flair and others and say, well, they're there because of who their daddy was. No, that's not necessarily true. Guess what happens when uh, you have a legendary father or mother or uncle or whatever in the wrestling business? Don't Don't you have to work harder at it? Yes, you have to work. Well, you have to work a lot more harder at it than if you uh, were a new guy just right off the streets. If you're Billy Joe, then you're Billy Joe. Nobody's going to be looking and saying this person should be like the greatest in the world. Right and off the uh, bat, when, you know? when, with uh, you know your 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 dad uh, being a uh, a wrestling legend. And uh, you, you on your way to becoming a legendary promotion. I guess my question is, if uh, we wanted to have um, your dad as a guest on our show, what would we have to do? Oh, uh, you could message me and uh, set that up. It'd be very easy. Because uh, I remember your dad in the Fantastics when I was a kid. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, I'm sure you heard the saying that uh, most men never get to meet their hero, but I was raised by uh-huh. mine. You know, and mm-hmm. my father is my hero, uh, but I also had other heroes such as Roddy Roddy Piper and uh, your father, Bobby Fulton, and the Fantastics. And, you know, I always said one day that um, I always wanted to be like those guys. But then I realized one thing. You uh, have to be willing to uh, get beat up before you can uh, get put up, if you know what I mean. Right. Now, do um, you know? You mentioned that uh, you know you you do a lot of work with a lot of the legends, and uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the legends that you had on your shows uh, have been guests on my show as well. Uh, but uh, you, you said you 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 do mostly established stars, so you usually don't uh, do independent uh, wrestlers, right? Or you'd be willing to make Correct. an exception if they if they send you a great tape, like uh, not that I'm trying to put Matthias over, but. Uh, he's the only guy I know that can uh, take a body slam on thumbtacks and then also take a body slam on a table with said thumbtacks in his back and the table not breaking and taking a lot of abuse. Uh, What do you think? Well, not to be mean or anything, but I think that's glorified stuntman work. Uh, Some people like that kind of wrestling, which some people like the hardcore style of ECW, you know, while others like the more old-school approach of wrestling, which... We don't do the thumbtacks and table stuff for our, for our promotion. We go more of the old school route of wrestling and stuff. The great heel versus the baby face, you know, and stuff. And the tag team matches and the technical wrestling. Yes, sometimes we have a little bit of brawling and stuff, you know. But most of the time it's great technical uh, style of wrestling, you know. Like the Malenkos and Guerreros and stuff like that, you know. Uh, Dylan Hines, I guess, here we got uh, we got about the 12 minutes with Dylan. So, now... Uh, I'm sure that uh, in your in your lifetime, uh, having a legendary father, you you've been to a lot of uh, uh, you you've been backstage a lot, and you've been to major events. Let me ask you this: What was the your most famous event uh, as a kid that you attended, 
And uh, of all the wrestlers that you've met, uh, who were you most excited to meet, and who is on your list to meet that you haven't had a chance to work with yet? Well, what we must remember is I was born in 1999. So after that, my father kind of retired to my retired professional wrestling. He did work for Carolina Championship Wrestling, uh, which was pretty big in the Carolinas and stuff, you know. They brought in a lot of stars, I guess. They were like a um, tribute to Crockett Wrestling and stuff. They had in Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, um, all the big Crockett names, Manny Fernandez, George South, um, Buddy Landell, everybody that had worked for Crockett they had, that included my father. Um, one of the greatest guys I ever met was Dusty Rhodes. He used to always come up to me and my brother. My dad would bring us to the dressing room sometimes. We'd come to guys and stuff. And he would always call me and my brother his boys and stuff, which meant a lot. And also Jackie Fargo, which I had a very close uh, um, friendship. He was like family to us and stuff. He lived in the little town I live in of China Grove, North Carolina. So when so you get the to meet that made the, a big impact. So when you got to meet the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, I'm sure he came up to you and said, "Hey, son, uh, we go, hey baby, uh, welcome to the backstage, man. We're gonna go out to the ring and we're gonna have some fun with your dad. Uh, are you gonna be cheering me on or not?" Well, dad wasn't actually wrestling him, so he wouldn't said something like that. But um, my dad would have some matches with George South. Uh, last week I saw George at an event and stuff, and I was talking to him for a little bit and. He said I was a little five-year-old at the time, and um, me and my brother, because uh, I guess we were five, you know, and stuff, we hadn't caught on to how wrestling had been, the kayfabe had been broken, you know, and everything, where it's uh, more of like a act than a, and a dance. Although it takes athletic ability, it's more of like a dance, you know, and stuff. We didn't catch that. We didn't catch on to that. So uh, he reminded me uh, last weekend that one time at an event, I went to go get the police and say, uh, "Can somebody stop this guy? He's beating up my dad." And uh, finally, <laughs> uh, Dad t- took him down, and the referee got uh, taken down as well during the match somehow. And uh, my dad called for me, and I ran to the ring and shook the ropes like the Ultimate Warrior and got in the ring and uh, counted one, two, three, and everybody went crazy. But you know, um, they didn't kind of break it to us until uh, later on, much later on. I guess that old school approach, you know, um, nowadays uh, you see uh, talents like uh, um, some of the impact talents, I guess you could call them, and some of the others breaking it on uh, Instagram and everywhere else. And I've seen some WWE guys do it as well, posing with guys they're having rivalries with and stuff, which I don't think is good for the business, you know. Let us suspend our belief. You know, we know... Uh, um, Liam Neeson and those guys uh, might be hanging out uh, after the thing and stuff or whatever, you know. But for those uh, for wrestling, let us suspend our belief a little bit. Like what, I'm watching a Liam Neeson movie. I watched a couple this past weekend, by the way. Um, his newest me- movie was um, Memory, I believe, where he was the Alzheimer's guy that was fighting some of the bad people in the area and stuff, some of the villains and stuff. But um, it's you have to suspend your belief for two hours to believe that Liam Neeson can – be shot a couple of times and get back up and fight and stuff, where in reality, you know, that can't happen. So you got to be able to suspend your belief. And sometimes I believe that the wrestlers, although the fans are smart nowadays, so what's going on and everything, they uh, throw it in their face that it's at work, you know. They, they don't go and 
let us suspend our belief. Kind of now, a shove you, in the face, you know. Now, do you feel that um, with all the stuff that uh, has been going on in, in wrestling, uh, you know, we heard the story uh, about uh, what came out with Vince McMahon and all that, and we're not going to get into that right now, but uh, do you feel that uh, the product now is – uh, is hurting the the way that people feel about the business compared to uh, back way back when. Well, I was at WrestleMania this past year in Dallas, Texas, and I was in a packed out uh, stadium. Not a, there was people on uh, every side of us, and I sat there and said, "No, the, the wrestling business is not hurt." Yeah, sometimes you think it's on a downward spiral and stuff, but it's not hurt, you know. I don't think it is. You know, they were now, look you, at SummerSlam last year. It was packed out. All these big events are packed out. Now, are, are you going to be attending? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, with Crockett. And, uh, now, are you going to be uh, attending uh, uh, that big event they're going to have with Ric Flair for his last match? Are you going to be? Uh, are you going to be attending that? No, I've decided not to attend that event because I have the gathering. The following weekend, I got a bunch of other stuff I've been working on and everything, including our October 15th event and stuff. So, uh, um, it just I had too much stuff going on. But I hope and, that's uh, so, so, and so we can do this. Uh, if our fans want to check you out and see you, uh, do you have a Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a Facebook? What do you got? Check out World Classic Professional Big Time Wrestling on Facebook. Um, we're at WCPBTW on Facebook. Um, check that out. Get all the information on upcoming events and stuff. Um, we're working on doing uh, throughout, doing some events throughout the country and stuff in the next year and everything. So if we're in your area, come check out a show. Now, if someone wanted uh, you to bring a show to their area, what would they need to do? Uh, they could simply uh, message the Facebook page and everything, and I'd have one of either myself or uh, someone who uh, works with us, contact them about doing an event with them. And uh, how many, uh, uh, what, what's the calendar look like for you for uh, the rest of the year? How many different events you got going on and do you plan on adding any more? Um, we have the gathering, of course, which is in August. And uh, um, see, during the fall, I like to spend a lot of time. I do this uh, um, Carowinds, you know, at the Cedar Fair. They have Carowinds, and they do Scarewinds and stuff. And last year I was one of the actors for Scarewinds, and I hope to be one of those this year and stuff. So um, kind of slowed down, except for October 15th we have an event. Then, of course, we're doing Russellcade. And then we'll have another event on December the 10th. So uh, Russellcade is Thanksgiving weekend. Now, uh, did, did, I, uh, did I miss this, or is this coming up? The Great Fall Bash, is that still coming, or, did, or was that yes, last that's year? October, that's October 15th. That's the event with Kane, and we have Eric Rowan, Bruce the Barber Beefcake, Powers of Pain, um, Jake Roberts, Jerry the King Lawler, Lex Luger, tons of guys. Over 50 wrestling legends will be at the event. It's, great, it's and, a great uh, thing for the local economy. The local hotel uh, tells us that they're sellout every time we do an event and stuff. All the restaurants are usually packed out and everything, you know. It's pretty It's pretty wild that day, how you're able to see how the local economy takes a huge boost when wrestling comes to town. You know, I was going to ask you, uh, Dylan, if I can ever get to one of your events, uh, do you think maybe uh, I could get maybe like a backstage pass or uh, – 
maybe uh, I, I could carry your bags into the arena to earn a ticket? Yeah, that's, that's very possible. <laughs> I like that. We do, we, do have, we do have media passes, but we don't have backstage because we still believe in the laws of kayfabe, you know. Right. Yeah. We have so, a separate locker room for the heels and a separate locker room for the baby face, you know. It's uh, not like you know, if you go to some of these events, you know, everybody's in one big uh, locker room hanging out and stuff, and a fan was to walk back there, they'd say, well, I thought these two guys hated each other. Well, no, it's not like that, you know. The guys are separated. Well, you know, we we have Dylan Hines, I guess, here we got about uh, three minutes. I'm going to tell a quick story about that. Uh, you know, when uh, the WWE came to the Fargo Civic Center, uh, and, uh, of course, we used to be uh, Vern Gagne's territory, and uh, I remember I uh, was lucky enough to uh, – I can't remember who I was hanging with. I think it was uh, my, my buddy's dad or something, and uh, – uh, we went uh, up to the locker room where the wrestlers were at, and I, I watched these guys pound on each other for 20 minutes, and they were up uh, in the locker room playing cards and uh, smoking a cigar and having a beer with each other. I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Uh, did you guys just make up after the match or what? You know, I, I was kind of I was kind of dumbfounded by that. Yeah. And see, that's the biggest thing about suspending the belief. If a fan can see you. Like, uh, we have these two guys, these independent guys, and that's why we kind of stay away from the independent guys. They don't get the concept of kayfabe. We had these two independent guys a couple years ago uh, on one of our events. They came in uh, walking beside each other and stuff, smiling and everything, acting like it was a great day. When really, the the guys were supposed to wrestle each other later that night on the card, and we had to change the match and everything because of that. But, you know, uh, the concept of kayfabe... uh, those guys should realize that they, they shouldn't have done that, you know, because they were in front of the fans and everything, you know. I've even saw guys like, I know he's in WWE now, but um, Robbie, I believe he's called Robert Stone or something now in the WWE, going over his match in front of the crowd uh, near a bathroom that was in a hallway and stuff. So uh, for the fan to get to the bathroom or to even walk out the door to go and smoke or whatever, you know, they would have to, like, go underneath and do the limbo underneath the two guys that were going over their match. I thought it was such a shame. Now, let me ask you this real quick, and we, we only got a few minutes here left with you. And uh, I'll tell you what, Dylan, I do appreciate you joining uh, us tonight, and uh, you're awesome. But let me ask you this. Do you think Fabe is dead? No. Still works in Chillicothe, Ohio. It still works in certain areas in the country. You, awesome. It's like it's like this. The other night I was watching, of course I was watching the Liam Neeson movie. I believe that movie for those two hours I was watching it. After and before I said, well, there's it could be fake, you know, right? Just just like wrestling, there could be a work to it stuff, you know. But for that time I'm watching it, I shouldn't have that feeling. I should say, well, this is real, you know. And really, the best workers in the wrestling business are those who will make the fans believe that their match is real. And uh, for those of you who are listening and wondering what they're talking about with kayfabe, the definition of that, the fact or convention of presenting stage performances as genuine or authentic, that's Mm -hmm. the full definition of kayfabe. Well, I'll tell you what, Dylan, you have been awesome, and I thank you for joining us, and uh, uh, I love everything that you do. Uh, I'm going to get in contact with you so I can find out how I can uh, start bidding on some of these auctions that you have uh, uh, online with your autographs, but I do appreciate you taking in tonight, 
You have been awesome, and thanks for joining us on short notice. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, sir. All right, thanks, Dylan. All right, Dylan Hines, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, Matthias, that was pretty cool, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, so we only got a few minutes here. Uh, so uh, be checking our Facebook page on Thursday to find out who's going to be on next week. We do have another blockbuster show, uh, and uh, I don't think we're uh, ever going to take calls anymore uh, after this week because um, <laughs> uh, apparently the guests that we were supposed to have on uh, didn't appreciate some of the things that uh, the caller said. So that ended that. So uh, we're not going to take any calls anymore. Uh, but you can go on the chat room, and if you have any questions, you can go on the chat room on kensfm.com and click on the chat room, and uh, you can join us on the chat, and I'll put your questions up there, and I'll ask them at that point. Uh, but right now, we uh, we are heading out. Uh, we do need to go. So uh, join us next week. Uh, hopefully, Grant will be uh, with us next week. Uh, and uh, in two weeks, uh, we have... Uh, we have a big surprise for Granny. One of her uh, sworn wrestling enemies is going to be sitting right next to the modern nightmare. So stay tuned for that. Uh, until next week, love each other, care for each other, be safe. Join us every Monday night, 89.1 Ken's FM from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Right here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We will see you all next week. <laughs>